0: The wind blows, I hear your voice, so I Borag, dog-earthlets! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 170th episode of Space Spinner 2000! Oh, what?! You didn't even tell me!
1: You're a liar!
0: And that's amazing. Hundred... Hundred... Uh... S- s- um. 173 no whatever um anyway yeah 170 <laughs> episode of space printer 2000 a podcast where two americans try to make sense of the uk's own galaxy's greatest comic 2000 ad one month of Prague at a time this episode we're covering 2000 ad for september and october 1987 Prague's 539 to 542 uh, Th- some- this time we meet the freaks judge Dredd has a rematch mean team gets what's coming to him universal soldier (laughs) endures and johnny alpha deals with a sorry case like uh i i appreciate your double entendre there do my best buddy you know trying to keep these entendres as multiple as possible And if you want to read along with us, see that uh, yeah, you'll find it we for covering today in Judge Dread the complete case files eleven Strontium Dog SDHC files four Xanath phase one two thousand AD Extreme Edition twenty five the Judge Dread magazine three sixty four and two thousand AD presents sci fi thrillers wow 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 (laughs) wow
1: absolutely it's just for you.
0: Hey, listen! It's for everybody because, listen, we are a podcast for the people. Ask anyone. It's it's a it's a public yeah. service, really. <laughs> Something. And speaking of doing things for the greater good, Fox. <laughs> through one, Zenith. Zenith. Same difference. (laughs) Script robot Grant Morrison, art robot Steve Yole, art robot, or letter robot Mark King. Fox, it's May 8th, 1987,
1: and Ruby Fox is talking to Zenith on the set of his new music video. Oh, I mean, she's looking really inconsolable, quite frankly. Mm. She's got her arms crossed. She is going to give this boy a talking to because he has got no time for this, Brad these kids today his agent eddie is there as are a bunch of video babes and stuff
0: um on the internet (laughs) i've i've heard theories that at least in book one zenith sounds a lot like rick ashley which i'd like to believe oh Um, that would be fantastic just in that era of a young rocking late uh 1987 boys kind
1: of a crooner but also yeah kind of a new wave i'm into that Mm,
0: yeah uh, Zenith doesn't have time for Ruby, but makes time when the generator for the video shorts out because of her powers.
1: Oh, uh, she still got him. You didn't say that you still got him. You were saying you don't got him.
0: New info. Uh, Zenith gives her a chance to talk. And here comes the info dump.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's a lot. Hey, man. Yeah. Do you remember the Nazis? They were totally bad because Eldritch. I've never forgotten the Nazis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: we, we get the mystic background of Hitler and the Nazis, uh, which is true, like, like the dates they give here are true and stuff like that. You know, Hitler big into mysticism.
1: Um, the Iron Eagle they, is actually a portal to the mind dimension in which a giant eyeball with chattering teeth has a sweet tattoo on his chrome dome. As you do um yeah we learned that hitler
0: and the nazis uh summoned dark gods and created su- a superhuman body to allow one of the great old ones to come to earth there's a reference that the name masterman came from lord haha who was a, a german propagandist all right i like, didn't actually know those- that yeah it's one of these like uh you know um on the radio sort of broad you know because germany uh. and england are sort of close enough to broadcast to each other you can kind of get on the radio <laughs> And like, All send I propaganda. Is
1: radio haha. Ha, radio goo goo. Radio haha. Ha.
0: Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always funny when Fox makes a reference and I have no idea of It's like very what? complicated for me. What? Sorry. It's, it's Queen. I
1: promise you. I believe it. I'm just like a Philistine. Um, <laughs> You're not a Philistine. You're my Philistine. <laughs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> but so, uh, the Brits built Man in response, while the Yanks decided to go in a different direction with their secret weapons and just built some goddamn nukes. Um, yeah. And we know, because Americans know how to get down to business, buddy. Well, I mean, I guess stuff.
1: instead of uh, Japan, you just nuke Berlin? I mean, that's yep. what I got out of the last episode. It's definitely what happens. Anyway, um, another real fact is that the Nazis
0: like to experiment on twins. I learned this from a uh, podcast about Dr. Mengua. And how he would like? Oh, Joseph
1: Mangala did a twins thing. They did a lot of twins stuff. Uh, like, like, you, you know, they they prized twins weird than I that thought. came into the
0: camps over like regular people uh, or you know, non-twins, I guess. To uh, eugenics is stuff. really
1: icky. Icky. That's right. So That's I've got to fight these globalists. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry.
0: I'm in a weird spot, fuck, everybody. It's a lot fuck going on. Thank you
1: for catching me off guard. <laughs> that was
0: fantastic. Anyway, uh so there must have been a masterman twin that they make, and so that's why he's back. Zenith wants to know what this has to do with him, because listen, like I'm just I'm just some guy, you know?
1: He's gonna be mega man. Yeah. But
0: so I guess um most of the supers from Cloud Nine are dead or missing, but Zeth doesn't really want to help this stuff. Like he's like he says, I like this line where he says, "What am I? A boxer? Like he doesn't know he's not like a fighter. He's just a superhero guy that does publicity stunts."
1: To 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 be arguable at the very least, in true 2000 AD fashion, he isn't until he is. Mm. Yeah, even uh, Eddie's
0: career advice falls on deaf ears here. But eventually, Ruby gets Zenith's attention by saying that if he helps her, she'll tell him what really happened to his parents. Whoa! Yeah. Meanwhile, on the east end of London, some no-good punks are hassling an old guy. And he yells after him, saying, like, he fought <laughs> for them in the
1: war and stuff. But then and loses steam. No, it takes to some weird guy
0: with a swastika
1: shirt to come up and be like, Muh.
0: Fought in the war, did you? He's like, oh, listen, but you know, I'm I'm fine with you, National Front lads. We're all we're all British, aren't we? <laughs> Masterman just eye blasts him, turning him into a smoking skeleton. Hey, sure, <laughs> why not?
1: The war's not over; it's only just begun. <laughs> Swastika man lives to tell the tale.
0: I mean, as always, you know. Sadly mm. enough.
1: In the shadow of Big Ben, Zenith in civilian clothes. I, and Ruby. I love this shot because of the the cartoonish uh, giant sculpture. But then with the accoutrement pigeon. So yeah, I mean, just like
0: with uh, w- with Nelson or something, you gotta have these master ma- these uh, Maxi Man statues. You know, the we, yeah. we see the statue has um, an inscription of a tiger, tiger burning bright, but f- but by, by William Blake in it. Jesus uh and just so you know um who none else but space spinner 2000 framing thy fearful cemetery buddy anyway <laughs>
1: that's right your your poetry is on point conrad doing my best
0: picking up these references ruby talks about how cloud nine was built to be super soldiers but
1: instead they rebelled and became goddamn baby boomer hippies um yeah well and, and and in true fashion what i love about all of this is they are like hey listen yeah of course they were hippies then they're not hippies anymore they're just baby boomers trying to fucking wreck your shit hey man here's the bill yeah,
0: like, the, and apparently the best of them at the time was uh Peter Saint John, who's now a, a a Tory MP, but once he was Mandala, a as hippie as frickin' possible, hanging out with those with the Beatles and Maharishis, dropping acid with Timothy Leary and stuff.
1: I mean, did he need to? Because it's hard for me to tell what his superpowers were, other than of course flight, etc. But, like, every time they show him, he's in, like, a psychedelic, werbly-eyes phase of existence.
0: Listen, if there's one thing I learned in my 20s, it's that there can never, you know, it it never hurts to have more acid, you know? Um, (laughs) Anyway, now Mandala. Namandala is just another yuppie in a suit and tie with a power haircut. Used to be cool, man. (laughs) At at a fancy lunch,
1: it's very clear. It's very clear where the writers uh, decide to draw their party lines. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is an undercurrent of all
0: 2000 AD. For uh, quite frankly, at a fancy lunch, oh, good yeah at a a fancy lunch ruby lays down her case but saint john just says the whole thing is preposterous and storms off accusing ruby of doing a dumb publicity stunt and advises her to get over
1: the past (laughs) to then go into a room and have an acid induced nightmare over the times yeah ruby asks if she still if he still has his powers and he slams the door in his face
0: zenith quite quite sagely says to never trust a hippie. And as St. John walks
1: into his office, things get crazy because that guy has still got his powers. Apparently he can still read a paper and then get triggered into a, like, I don't know, psychedelia induced whatever. It's hard
0: to... It's hard to tell what they are, really. Just It definitely seems to involve a lot of, like, swirling patterns and other weird stuff. I guess aptly named for someone named named Mandala. I'd like
1: to think, um, what was that superhero TV show that was on for a cool minute where uh, uh, Spock from the, the movies was Siler, the guy who... Heroes. Ate, yeah, heroes. So it feels a very, like, heroes, the artist kind of taking heroin to see the future kind of feel to it, you know? Mm, kind of. But, Kinda. but uh, like, again, they don't explain what the fuck he's seeing. Instead, hey, let's yeah. move on to someone that Fox really understands.
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, back in the wreckage of Ruby's flat, the Supers decide to go after Shadwell Reese,
1: the Red Dragon. oh, uh, yeah, baby. come him yeah, red he because never... he enjoys a... Anyway. No, it's because he's Welsh as fuck, buddy. Um, uh, that's... If all it takes... If if he is what takes to be Welsh... I've been Welsh since a while. Certainly
0: possible. Um, <laughs> anyhow... Ri- he was always too macho for the rest of the dirty hippies of Cloud Nine. So he was kind of the odd man out. Like he was actually seemed like a, a traditional superhero, basically. <laughs> and all these guys were like, no, nah, man, like we're trying to expand consciousness, not just punch things.
1: Well, sometimes like, you whatever. gotta punch things.
0: That's what I keep saying. Um but any but they have no other options to build their team, and we see Ruby ripping a picture of her and Mandala in half. So <laughs> they got to go to Wales to pick him up they're flying out there meanwhile master man seems to look on and chuckles over the steaming body
1: of a police officer you know skull and face goes into a guy. true stint of uh, dysphoric psychedelia infused with a little bit of just voidist propaganda yeah. i mean like quite you know. frankly i don't believe in uh, in old ones I'll be I'll be right out there and say it. I don't give a nah, shit. I mean, it's
0: very much like he. Yeah, he kind of like laughs about what fools these mortals be and all of that stuff. Um, he kind of leaves his body and observes the mass, the massive souls on the earth, possibly several earths, and begin to drool. It's all very like. This is really seems like the base work for what would have what uh, Morrison and you would, would eventually go on to do in like the Invisibles and stuff. All I'm saying, yes. Conrad – Same is sort, that, of, sort of tr- like a trippy nihilist Lovecraft-inspired stuff is what I'm trying to is, say.
1: Is Look, all I'm saying, Conrad, is if you haven't had an out-of-body experience in which you observe the infinite earths and drool over the possible souls that are on top of them, I mean, quite frankly, you probably haven't experimented with drugs. So – Hey, man.
0: The only cr- – Infinite Earths I care about are the ones that uh, Barry Allen saves by running on a magic (laughs) treadmill. Anyway, what the fuck? Yeah, buddy. So whatever. Um, Anyhow, there the 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 superheroes are have been flying out there for a while, and honestly, it seems like it sucks pretty bad. Like it's just like walking to Wales, basically. Like no one talks about the tedium
1: of just flying in one direction for a long period of time. I I imagine it uh, so and i'll try to I'll try to stop interrupting us in a bit, but i so instead nah, of do, falling do dreams or 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 monsoon dreams or anything like that, I actually have these weird dreams where I start running in order to mm-hmm. jump right, and the whole purpose yeah. is to fly right, and like right. I'm not running fast enough, and I'm not jumping high enough, so I have to keep doing it until I eventually fly for a little while, but it's not really perfect, and then you kind of have to keep doing it and then eventually you kinda get it. Like that's kind of how I think superhero flying is probably in actuality. You're kinda running for a second, then you jump, and you kinda get some hover and you're like, alright, I gotta keep going. Like, once you get in the air, how fast are you really? Are you faster than you running? Are you as I mean, fast as walking? From what they're talking about, it seems like there may be a little At least slower- sl- train.
0: that than, than a train i think because yeah. we'll see we'll see later in this story uh uh ruby takes a train and gets there and, and gets to, to a place faster
1: than flying guys but anyway because no one taught them just fly a little higher because <laughs> then it's less space wait is that tr- i don't know if that's true no it is true you go into height and then you trajectory downwards
0: I, I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I don't want to spread this round Earth propaganda too much on our show, Fox. Uh, I'm so um,
1: sorry. What I meant was, it takes a really long time to get anywhere, and any flights going from Chile to to Australia actually don't exist. I'm yeah, sorry, Yeah, no, Conrad. they just
0: land periodically. They just fly around in circles, so you don't, you I'm can't so tell so how long sorry. it actually takes. So Flat sad. Earth, buddy. Anyway, anyway. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> they
0: they pass some road signs burned by Welsh nationalists and arrive at the Idre Ghosh or Welsh Dragon Pub. Probably pronounced that wrong. Sorry, Welshers. Um they ask for Reese only to find him blitzed out of his mind, a fat middle aged guy, yeah, Facepalm City.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite man in this entire comic. Everyone's like, he's the guy. Oh, but he's chest a guy... hair coming out of his undershirt. Well, Good I mean, times. I don't, I don't have that. I'm, I'm pretty bare. However, I do respect a man who's like, yeah, I had power once. Now I don't. I'm gonna get real drunk. Long term, yeah.
0: Zenith is complaining pretty hard about Chadwell, and uh, Ruby yeah. asks him about his powers. He does the uh, and uh Sh- shadow of course responds with the standard Welsh thing which is to quote Dylan Thomas and then fall over just scoring a lot of points on the Welsh here this episode sorry everybody. Um, I'm I'm
1: I'm getting to do it. I like this man.
0: Yeah, Zenith has had enough of all this and grabs the former hero flying high into the clouds and drops him.
1: You know, I feel like any man wearing a cardigan with a pop out like button down collar needs to sober up somehow and good mm. friends take care of their friends by knowing their limitations definitely before uh, shadwell can hit the ground though he catches himself
0: and flies back into the bar pours himself another drink he's super pissed and yells Snap. i told you once i told you twice i lost my powers oh it's because he slaps
1: th- the fucking glass out of his hand and he's like fuck you dude
0: yeah, and then he uses his pyrokinetic abilities to blow the whole place up. And Zenith just smirks. Right. Let's get started. It's
1: pretty good. It's yeah. pretty ne- good. Next time, let's work together. It's training montage time. So the biggest problem I actually have with Zenith is Zenith. Mm. So far, right? Like This, this is kind of, of a like- jerk, I guess. Well, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty okay with a jerk. This is a guy who grew up during the, like, everything is Wolverine times of comic books, right? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Just, just after, let's say, oh God, when did I start reading comics? Like 88 or 89, right? Like everything was Wolverine for the whole 90s. And to be perfectly clear, like a jerk is fine, but a jerk uh, either needs one of two things. Uh, mm-hmm. a an attitude that you can get behind, which I guess I'm not young enough to understand Zenith. Maybe there's some context there from being a complete <laughs> douchebag with vapid amounts of things to say. <sighs> or they need some kind of lasting power that is uh, you know, a through line. Everybody mm. else has this backstory of interest. He has I didn't have my parents, which I think is a very good, interesting thing to touch on, but not something they kind of brought up until just
0: five. Yeah, 29? it's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, I'd say this, like, we're, we're there'll be multiple parts of Zenith, and as it goes on, it'll sort of expand this backstory and talk a little bit more about this. I think with this version especially, I'd say... Like we're more focused on these older on these older heroes and like and like Masterman himself is sort of sort of looking which, back and stuff like which that. Which I'm you know.
1: which I'm honestly okay with, uh, because I actually like this story. I like the idea of the washed up hero. Right? Yeah. Somebody who isn't uh all there because it's done, which feels very in the wake of Watchmen, but you know,
0: yeah, I mean it's it's very it's a, it's it's a similar concept that that would lead to like the Incredibles and stuff like that. Also, sure, you know,
1: yeah, that it's, I agree with. Like that's that's a compelling story. They were this, now they are that. Right?
0: Yeah. I think there's gonna be more stuff with that. I'd say watch this space a little bit. You know, this one, like we're maybe like halfway through. Through what I want to okay. say, partway okay. at least. Like I'm. There's some interesting stuff to come, and I I like these characters a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. And I'd say I like that you know, a Zenith, lot. Z- Z- Zenith's still baking a little bit, so you know, like I'd say, give him a chance to sort of grow on you a little bit. But yeah, also, absolutely. I mean, he is sort of designed to be a callow youth, so like if you find him to be kind <laughs> no, of a jerk, I'm an old then man that's fine. Now. And I would say also, like as an eighteen-year-old in like uh, nineteen eighty-seven, he's like the exact age of the peep of a lot of people that that would be that would have started in Prague one and are now reading this this comic. You know, it's sort of interesting way with that with
1: that, that as well. I, I you know, and it's a hard thing for me to keep grounding myself in. However, mm. what I like the most about Zenith is the kind of the characters around him. If that makes sense, yeah. Which I still believe is the biggest strength of two thousand AD, right? Like very rarely do you get a Johnny Alpha. A lot of what makes Judge Dredd is the story around him, or a lot what makes uh uh compelling characters are the people or story around them.
0: Yeah, right. I'd say Zenith is very much, very much suffers from some "How I Met Your Mother" syndrome, where I really like the supporting <laughs> characters instead of the main character. You know, I, I want to yeah. hang out with the with the, with, the with, with with the secondary guys instead of the main guy. I like
1: way You more. know, I I like Dookie Hauser as he yeah. is a as as a womanizer. You know, that's kind yeah. of an interesting and, thing. Yeah, and speaking
0: of main characters, I'm not that interested in Fox. <laughs> Thrill to Universal Soldier.
1: Oof. It's like uh, watching. I love that they. I, and I know you'll get into all of this, and we'll get into it at the end. Love how it's just one page of boardroom meetings, then a lot of pages of what? Yep. There's a lot going on here. Uh, Scriptor about Alan McKenzie, letting
0: or art about Will Simpson, letting about Tom Frame. So. The Universal Soldier is a, uh, you know, he's a space fighter dude looking for a scientist on a hell world planet. And it's a bunch of boardroom types of different minds about it. (sighs) Um, Especially Mr. Iger, who has a mustache, a stripe suit, and a flair for boardroom dramatics. The Soldier walks through the wilderness when he's braced by a pair of guys named John. All three of them have staffs and a fight breaks out. The uh, the Unisol, who I'm calling that from the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I don't <laughs> care. But uh, he, his uh, storage chip triggers and he sees himself uh, now as William of Derry Inch, uh, a vagabond quarterstaff fighter of the 12th century. I don't know he who does, this is. Nah, I don't know if it's a real person. He does some medieval hopping and staff fighting, but then gets cracked
1: upside the head and knocked out. Oh, no! Now our yeah. guy is knocked out, so reason for us to... nothing. The CEO doesn't, is, doesn't seem that pissed, though. He gets a boardroom alarm that the
0: Universal Soldier's been either killed or captured, but they'll still have Dr. Hellstrom, who they're, who they're trying to find in 12 hours or less. doctor mouth Hellsmouth-pilled man. Mm. The Universal Soldier is unconscious and probably captured, but the CEO's sure they can scan the area where the, uni- where the uh, Universal Soldier is being taken and they'll find the doctor. At this point, the, this mission is just sort of a weapons test and Iger is getting
1: very sanctimonious about it. You know, there's one thing I love. It's a who will replace the CEO of Disney thing. I think it will be Bob Iger.
0: Ooh. The so the uh, soldiers being questioned by some kind of warlord guy when he won't talk. The uh, the warlord pulls out a hand operated generator, attaches the leads to the soldiers' nipples, and commences the electricity.
1: And hey, you know what? You know who else connected things to nipples? Is I guess yeah. maybe random generic aboriginals. Hand well, wave. this trick. Yeah, it, it triggers the soldier's uh,
0: storage chip, and now he's in the mind of a young Native American undergoing a traditional sun dance, which involves. Is uh, that being,
1: is that what a sun dance is? is yes, what sun dance.
0: Really? Yeah, it involves uh, hooks being cut into your chest and attached um, to ropes that are attached a, uh, to then a to a pole, and you got to kind of lean back against it to prove your endurance. It's a real thing. Conrad, um, I never want to know this again. Thank you. I think it's been outlawed by a lot of, uh, of, of Native American tribes and stuff like that. But there is like doesn't, – Doesn't matter.
1: There, there <laughs> are traditions. Nothing to, has nothing to do with their traditions or whether or not I think they're viable or not. I just don't ever want you to tell me again exclusively about connecting things to my nipples so that I can pull back against them and feel an excruciating amount of pain against a pole.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's there is there is definitely a tradition of like self mutilation and stuff like that within uh, certain tribal cultures. Although I don't want to get too far into it because I'm not definitely not an expert. Uh, look it up on your on your own. Someone's
1: someone's throwing down their gauntlet right now.
0: Just mm. Um. So the universal soldier comes through the ordeal, and so the warlord orders him sent to Scratch Man, whatever that is.
1: <laughs> Ward
0: Which... worries about it, and Iger learns the CEO didn't get permission from his fam- from the uh, soldier's family to send him on I, this mission.
1: I mean, oh, sure snap Does that matter?
0: I don't care, Fox.
1: I do <laughs> not care. <laughs> I love you so much. Hey, so we skipped we, a we skip a whole Prague. That's great. Yeah, Universal Soldier
0: takes Prague five forty one off, and we're back with Iger still yelling at the CEO. This time, quoting Soldier Rest by Sir Walter uh, Scott. There's great. Hey. Uh, wo- There's a woman to see the CEO guy, and for the record, he doesn't care that much about the soldier anyway. The two Johns are dragging the Unisol to to Scratch Man, but before they can drop him, he time slips again. Suddenly, he's fighting with a Bokken in medieval Japan.
1: Musashi time!
0: Yeah, not just that. He's suddenly Miyamoto Musashi, the greatest swordsman in Japanese history. A man who's been in so many
1: movies, video games, and anime that he has a whole Wikipedia page just on his appearances in fiction. Uh, you know, you know. My favorite part is is that for this entire thing, it feels pretty manga. But what I love is that it's not it's not really all that manga.
0: I would say it really reminds it's about me of fifty percent. Um, yeah, of the uh, like like the eighty one, eighty two, um, Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, uh, Wolverine miniseries where Don't he like it. goes to Japan and stuff like that. Oh, and that has a his, lot of
1: for his maybe daughter.
0: Um, no, 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 for his uh, girlfriend, for his girlfriend slash fiance who um, like left him for yakuza reasons and stuff like that. But that has a uh, lot of like samurai sword oh fighting. A lot of stuff involving Boken. Like, like I feel like for me, at least, that's where the idea of these crazy wooden practice swords really came on the scene and stuff like that.
1: Remember that one time that he went into his own brain to fight death every time he died, and they made that canonical until it wasn't canonical?
0: I'm not a huge
1: Wolverine guy, I gotta say. You know why you don't remember that? Because it happened way later. (laughs) Mmm. Anyway. (laughs) Uh will I I think Will Simpson does do some really great uh sword oh, fighting beautiful. pictures in here. It looks so, really I, great. I'm so sorry. I am being sarcastic as fuck. But realistically, all of the art, holy shit, really good. Yeah, it I is really like beautiful. the uh, the action, the spinning of things like when he spins the sword around, really feels Yeah like that when there's strikes going on like the uh, effect it has on people they, there's a depth to the whole thing I love the the whole fight sequence is great definitely
0: um, so uh, Musashi slash Universal Soldier takes out all the guards in the stronghold entering into the boss's base taking on a bunch of guys with swords with only a wooden one he takes them out and asks to
1: be taken to the man of science or he'll kill the rest of us as everybody just crosses their arms in disbelief by while well, one guy brandishes a sword not a good look yeah. i mean i feel like this is a pr- honestly a pretty standard like like kung fu slash sword movie kind of thing you know you oh, no, beat up I just a bunch mean, of
0: dudes then it's time to talk then you fight again you
1: know? i just mean don't be the one guy to take out your sword when everybody else is crossing their arms you know mm, it's gonna yeah. mark you as the guy that's definitely gonna get killed
0: <laughs> that's true
1: next time blood in the snow eh, it's okay it's fine uh, i wish I, it
0: i wish it didn't have the uh the the, the, the boardroom, boardroom meetings stuff. i feel like the boardroom meetings really bring this whole all down man if it was just him Going through and flashing around and stuff like that. I think that would be a much better story. Honestly, it's,
1: it's hard for me to say. So let's let's pretend Universal Soldier was its own comic, right? With mm-hmm. let's say twenty pages, right? Um, you could get away with a, a a bookended way of doing this, the way that they're doing it now. The problem is, is that every time we start this, first they take a panel or two to recap the things they last said but then yeah. everything else that they say is pretty vapid and and kind of just either a it sets up the story which is rare or b has nothing to do with it or That's, c yeah. we don't know what the fuck is going on they're just saying words and then some <laughs> cool shit happens but we know that it's because of a a and i hate to say this a a microchip based on stories of the past activates in his mind which hey you know great probably not a matrix-esque solution to that thing like hey i remember that like william of orange was kind of a tactical guy who said some stuff i I, I like the idea of the storage chip i don't know like i think
0: like the idea of like sort of Taking to the past and and having it be a chance to, like, draw, like, a new and interesting setting every time and stuff like that could be really cool. I think, like, and, like, I don't know, as, like, someone who, who like, likes to imagine edutainment, I think that could be a fun way of, like, just talking about, Shh. like, the past or something like that. Sure. You know, who, who, who loves
1: history? I think it's, it would be a cool idea to talk about history. But we've but- seen that in a future shock with the home of the future. You know? Yeah,
0: kind of, and I mean, I think I just feel like the like the boardroom isn't connected enough to we don't like, know what's why. actually going on. Yeah, and like, and there doesn't, and like, it's not. There's not a lot of payoff with it either. So, like, in general, it's just sort of a it just feels like filler, and that's just a real bummer because it means that, like, you know, we got a four page comic and a quarter of it's filler, and that's no fun.
1: Well, and that's and that's kind of my big problem is that I get what they're trying to do but every time and this is even even reading through 539 to 542 and only reading universal soldier i have no idea who this man is i just know that he has yeah. a storage chip and that sometimes he goes into a fugue state where he becomes a historical and like that's great but there's no character do you attach yeah, yourself to the character of the boardroom the man who is nothing or I mean, the I history wish had, that yeah. won't be there in a moment. I mean, I I
0: do wish they'd sort of told like they'd cut out the boardroom and told things like from the soldier's perspective or something right. like that, and give us a chance to kind of get to know him and like what it feels like when you when it, when he sort of flashes in and out of these right. characters and stuff. But and let's, then, let yeah. Then you find out eventually why blank. You know. Yeah. Totally. I feel like yeah, we've done some good post mortem on this story. We definitely save it uh, more for when it finishes up next
1: week, you know. Anyway are you saying hate.
0: Nah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that, that are that have a, 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 a page of filler, Fox. <gasps> Thrill three Tales from Mega City One. Uh yeah, boy. Yeah, um Get your sides bot- out. scripture about john wagner and alan grant art robot andrew wildman learning about tom frame one pager here first start by andrew wildman on new year's eve a pair dressed as father time and baby new year are walking down the street when dread stops them because of father time's scythe and during questioning father time accidentally cuts off baby new year's head with it oh no happy new year in the cubes is is baby new year a thing yeah like you know, you know, at a New Year's Eve party, because like a lot of times, like they'll be like, you know, the old man Father Time is the previous year, yeah. And the I know new Father Year's time. Is, is is like a baby with like a sash of like the New Year around it and stuff like that. I've seen I, this
1: construction never, in like editorial cartoons and stuff like that. I've never seen that before. Like you, I didn't know why that man was a baby. I feel like.
0: You know, this is one of these times where I feel like something's really clear, and you've never heard of it. And it makes me worry that I've I've gone insane, Fox. So I don't want to talk I, about it. So I much. don't.
1: I don't think it, you're insane. I I just don't want to think that I'm inept. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna look up.
0: Hold on, baby.
1: Please, please. Do 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 do, baby. Yeah. Time to look if you up. look
0: up New Year, you see it. Yeah. From from Wikipedia, baby New Year is a personification of the start of the new year, commonly seen in editorial cartoons. Jesus, he symbolizes the birth of the new year and the passing of the prior uh, of, of the prior year. In other words, a rebirth. Maybe anyway. I was
1: just growing up in a podunk town. Damn.
0: <laughs> totally. And uh, speaking of getting back to the people you
1: of uh, the people you care about, Fox. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Three four, Judge Dre. Uh, finally some solace. Let's have some, let's have some meaty, fist fighty kind of action that I can only feel slightly bad about, but only for a moment.
0: Mm. Scripture about John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art about Steve Dillon, Barry Kitson, and Liam Sharp. Letting about Tom Frame. I really love how, how
1: this resolves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Deep in the Alabama Morass, the Britsid ambassador has been kidnapped by the all-lady neo-primitive cannibal tribe, the Alabama Blimps. Mm.
1: And they are Dred- solid ladies.
0: That's right. Dred, leading a band of judges, is confronting the Blimps' leader, Big Mammy, as she holds a knife to the ambassador's throat. Dred has a plan, though, and challenges Big Mammy to a fight. It's on!
1: I- oh, God, he's just... Gauntlets off. She just yeah. immediately backfists him in the face. He's not fighting back most of the time.
0: Yeah, things go bad for Dread Earl. He takes two big punches to the head and is knocked down. Get some grief from Judge Greet. Get out of here, Greet. <laughs> she starts tossing Dread around as the blimps try to circle around the judges, but they see him. Mm hmm mammy throws dread and he manages to collide with the
1: blimp holding the ambassador and then it's go time snap it's time to punch a woman in the face have my guys shoot all of her peeps and then i'm just gonna you know gut punch her and throw her into a window
0: yeah the the judges open fire and dread leans into big mammy gloves are off now he flips her straight through a chair the rest of the blimps run. They ha- and they aren't problem. Like let them go. You know, maybe they'll alert Texas City about him or something.
1: I mean, um, they're not a part of the Union anymore. Yeah, Dred tossed the co- the cuffs
0: on Mammy. She might have been Queen down here, but she's just plain creep to Judge Dredd. Oh, baby,
1: that's my boy.
0: Totally. Yeah. Good times. I, lo- I like this story, man. This is a fun I, one. I do
1: too. The blimp story was. Kind of refreshing in terms of it's it's not entirely silly. Actually, most of the silly parts are are not put on the blimps themselves. It's really the kind of mammy pamby British yeah.
0: kind of dude. Yeah, it's mostly just making fun of the British guy and then the uh that then the uh the hillbillies themselves. You know, they're like, Ooh. Oh yeah, hillbilly guys are terrible. That's why it's hard to blame them for eating us, you know? Especially uh, Mammy,
1: she's a self-made woman.
0: Yeah. Martial arts attacks ring out. Through Mega City One, several people are dead, and Dredd is on the case! Oh, look, it's totally that guy I once fought, right? Totally. Yeah, there's only one person that could have done this. The Death Fist! Stan Lee is back in town! <sighs> Damn you for making Spider-Man! Damn you! <laughs> Dread remembers his previous fight back in Prague, 484, episode 153. That time, Dredd lost,
1: but he's ready now. Oh, right, that's... That's Stan Lee. Different Stanley. That's right, true
0: believers. Um, (laughs) Dread knows from the victims he's found that uh, Lee is going after the family Fung. And if he can find the rest of them, he can find Death Fist. He rolls out as Lee leaps to the roofs of the city, finally arriving at family Fung, where he proceeds to martial arts murder everybody there. Hey, you know, honestly, good on you. Yeah, no worries. The judges <laughs> arrive just after Lee's attack, but one of the judges spots the escaping death fist. Dread sees him and opens fire, missing but causing Lee to miss his jump. And Lee falls on top of a reporter doing a human interest story about the nearby Chang's Chinese hottie house, Yowza. Ugh. Acceptable in the 80s. Um, no. <laughs> Dread tackles Lee, and Judge Crumb prepares to take him in. But Dredd stops him. He wants Lee uncuffed. And the reporters to keep the cameras rolling. Dredd and Stan Lee have a score to settle. It's
1: time for a fisticuffs full dread fight. Fisticuffs
0: fudge. Yeah. Hottie house blitz. Outside the hottie house, Dredd and Lee square up and the fight begins. We get some great uh, full body, long distance uh, illustrations of punches and kicks by, by Barry Kitchen here. Great art. And Dredd, we see Dredd use a a street sign to block some throwing stars. Then, with a jump kick, Lee drives Dredd through the window of the hottie house. And the reporter's giving play-by-play of the action. And it's all broadcast to the gawping citizens of Mega City
1: One. Holy snap, it's better than watching a film. Films. Something. Dredd lands a a few body blows, but Lee grabs a piece of wall bamboo and rains down attacks on Dredd's helmet. I mean, disorient the man, right? Except, yeah, you know, can't really disorient dread. As we of course see. not, he's always ready, buddy. Um,
0: with a crash, Lee jumps into the restaurant, swinging from a chandelier, but accidentally falls onto a flambe hottie station. Oh no! Hey,
1: I mean, I guess if you have a man with a blowtorch, <laughs> it's wearing like a red suit or a
0: a lead suit, like just yeah, blow torching hot dogs um, as you go in. Dread rushes in to find Lee in flames, then tackles him into a tank of brine soaked hotties. Which, I mean, is that bad? Seems just to extinguish the man. I think that's the plan, honestly. He doesn't want him to burn to death. After a quick ground and pound, Dread loses mount, and and Lee goes for the throat, trying to choke Dread out. But he's too tough! He breaks free of the hold, delivers a gaze-worthy right cross. You know, gaze is the fist of dread, is is what I'm trying to say. Then a boot to the face. And, you know, I think the man's down. Yeah. Death fist down, dread cuffs him. Nobody makes a fool of the law. This
1: is, however, my favorite final page of the entire comic. Like, of all the comics where you can end with a page, this one... At the Grand Hall of Justice. Mm. Yeah. Afterwards,
0: Chief Judge Silver questions Dredd about his actions, and Dredd explains his – we see that his face is all, like, battered and bruised from the fight. He says that he did this
1: fight as a public demonstration. The law may bend,
0: but never breaks.
1: And I love that Silver is – so he was an instructor of applied horrible – Applied
0: violence. There we
1: go. (laughs) Uh I love how he he just sort of talks at the end of this as you know, the whole purpose of him questioning was to get the right answer. And then he just says, Yeah, yeah you know, dismissed. Yeah, he he wants to make sure that drink uh, Dr- good fight. Yeah, he's like,
0: Yeah, damn good fight, buddy. Yeah, he he wanted to make sure that like Dred wasn't doing it out of petty revenge, but out of a, a larger reason to encourage respect in
1: the law. Kind and stuff of like, like that, he was you know? testing the man, you know? Like, I I just, it felt like a very good character moment for Silver, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I think they're always, you know, they're they're always testing these judges when they're in tough situations to make sure they're doing the right thing,
1: you know? Of course.
0: Finally, Liam Sharp is on art now as a kid flags down Judge Dredd. The kid's named Moo Proctor, and he wants to report an assault. This kid is a douchebag. Yeah, he's been spanked by his parents, and that's a no-no. They head into the Roger Hollis block, who was an intelligence officer that was director general of MI5 for many years, to Apartment 51M. Dredd questions Moon's parents and explains that citizens don't have the right to harm each other. If you want corporal punishment, you gotta call a judge in to do it, which doesn't seem like a good use of resources, but whatever. He books the parents. They go through the ringer at the sector house and are let off with a caution and twelve months probation. And then treated like
1: animals by their child. Yeah.
0: Once they're back, Moon becomes a huge shitbird, threatening his parents, making <laughs> them obey his wishes, like ice cream and cake for dinner, and to do humiliating things like wear costumes and bark like dogs. Sure. Later, Judge Shanahan bur- uh, bursts in and okay's this activity, though he doesn't seem to do much investigation into it. To be honest. Hmm. In the end, the Proctor parents know what they have to do, and Moon comes home from school to find that they've sold everything they own and are leaving on a hell trek.
1: I mean, what would you do if your child was so completely abhorrent and you could do nothing about it except for leave?
0: I feel like you could probably do something about it that's not just... Like, this is a very, like, oh, we can't hit them, and now we're all out of disciplinary options um, kind of situation. So you're saying
1: these people are quitters?
0: Mm, Yes anyhow uh moon not a quitter gets the west wall and they've already been gone for six hours he demands that dread go get them back and dread's like there's no like that'd be a waste of resources too like i don't got time to bring back parents for some lousy kid come on buddy and when moon has a tantrum in response dread backhands him because it's legal when a judge does it and now moon's headed off for the for the juve home beautiful Good times, kids getting what they deserve, buddy. Next time on Judge Dread, Kill Craze.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, I liked everything else. I mean, this one was kind of a nah. That's okay. That's fine.
0: We're 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 right on the verge of a huge Dread epic. Fox, just FYI, you know, start clearing those decks for sure. Don't
1: tease me. I'm so excited.
0: Gonna. But speaking of teasing, yeah, Fox, it's non thrills, covers, and nerve center.
1: Oh, great. I'm, yeah, great. <laughs> yep, great.
0: Yep. Prague 539, Rumble in the Jungle, Big Mammy Bops Cops Drops Cop, and a fun Steve Dillon cover. Sorry, <laughs> right. Bops Chops Drops Cop. Yes. In the nerve center. Thark brags about there being uh seven thrills this Prague, but it's just, you know, it's two it's two one-pagers and a two-pager, so you know, brag as much as you want, I guess. Come on, There's pictures of Judge Fat and a Torka Wrench. <laughs> mm. Letters discuss the water content of Glasgow Green, Thark or Glasgow Green, I should say, Thark's musical taste, BS explanations about how Henry Moon's voice box works, which I don't believe. And I psychic. Think, so they basically talk about how it's not affected by the anti-technology stuff. Feel just because
1: psychic.
0: It was built ahead of time or something. Psychic. I don't know. Mm. Um. I uh, I guess it's a dread parody running in Private Eye comic. I don't know sure uh, mid mid-prog there's an ad for alien sex fiends new single here come germs and the cover art's pretty cool and i believe done by these were done by by, by many 2080 artists over the years there's also a pinup of johnny alpha by liam sharp he's got a mullet hard pass uh yeah <laughs> um and then the prog ends with a commercial for a damn gu- Yamaha Kitar, Yeah, get that guitar in you.
1: There's only one thing more sick <laughs> than a guitar. Oh, that's a keytar. Possibly a,
0: a, a piano key nec- uh, a necktie. Anyway. Ooh, both. Yeah, it's got to be both. Yeah, Prog 540 from Flower Power to Corridors of Power. It's Mandala from Zenith going full Super 60s. Mm -hmm. In the Nerve Center, Tharg announces the return of Stan Lee and Strontium Dog, and there are pictures of Judge Jester and Rogue Snail. Uh, Letters ask what Johnny Alpha does with all of his money, what's up with Jack Keller's facial scar, some votes for favorite artist, and a letter asking to prove that Tharg is real. Mid-prog, some digi-drawings, computer-aided drawings of Malcolm from Bad Company. He's saying goodbye, cruel world. which is sort of a Hello yeah. World reference, like when you uh, first computer Make program. First, yeah. There's Hammerstein. There's a very Cliff Robinson-looking dread and a Durham red. And then the prog ends with another pinup by Liam McCormick Sharp, the dogs of the law. And this time it's dread with a trio of judge dogs complete with sweet helmets and shoulder pads.
1: Pretty dope. Pretty like dope. These
0: judge dogs. Prog 541, Judge Dread versus Stan Lee, live on MCTV. Barry Kitson draws a rematch, at least some of us have been waiting for. And <sighs> in the nerve center, Dark apologizes for ending the end for the ending of Mean Team and Universal Soldier not being in this prog. Sure. Cool on both counts, I guess. Yeah. yeah. The pretty awesome picture of Nemesis the Hedgehog. I like this hedgehog stuff like pre-Sonic, I guess. It's changed what we think of, what we think of that animal, I think. Yes. Uh, le- letters include a Jovian thirsting for thrill power, some confusion about the A-bomb being dropped at the start of Zenith. Like, bro, it's an alternate reality, all right? Don't give me a big deal about, like, the Enola Gay and the bomb being dropped on Hiroshima. Yes. I know it's different. There weren't superheroes <laughs> in real World War II, so just stop freaking out. Um there and also there's a space hitchhiker who spends quite a yarn about traveling around 2000 ad mid-prog we get the uh first in a series of ads for the upcoming story oz basically a uh coming in four weeks coming in three weeks etc i'm super excited about it there's also a full a uh, full color full page ad for manta force <gasps> which is a pretty cool looking toy line that seems like you buy like these like big ass uh, box like socks with, like like a ship and a bunch of like little dudes in it and stuff like that. Personally, well, it feels like, like
1: a a Kenner fast follow if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's from this sort of eighties era where just the uh, the action figure mills where you're churning things out constantly. Hmm. There's. A comic that's coming up about them in in The New Eagle from issues 286 to 305. Initially written by Wagner and Grant with art by Ian Kennedy. Then by Alan Hebden and Mike Dory. And Prog 542. Hey, Mom and Dad. Ain't justice great? (laughs) (laughs) Liam McCormick Sharp draws a Jew making puppets of his parents. In the nerve center, Thark introduces Freaks, explains that the universe that it and the Universal Soldier are part of a new initiative of running short-term uh, series just to see if they're interested in them, which I think we've actually talked about a couple times in terms of, of what they should do, just to get some more cool stuff out there. There's a picture of a baby Rogue Trooper Junior and a double dread with ultra chins. Letters have questions about Silver Scar, concerns about posters making you cut up your progs, and some cool comic art. Groups forming in England and Scotland.
1: I mean, they gotta happen eventually, I guess.
0: Yeah, people gotta learn how to draw these comics. The prog ends with an awesome pin up by Brett Ewens of some cruel blasting the heck out of a human man and woman. Bad Company 2 is coming soon. Only about six more progs, Fox. Uh, I'm excited uh, about it. Is it? Is it good? Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I, I, I think it's pretty good. I like it a lot. But whatever. Speaking of things I'm more iffy about, though, Fox. <laughs> Thrill Five, Mean Team.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Script robot Alan Hebden, art robot Massimo Bellanelli, Letter robot Jack Potter. You know, I never thought that Mean Team would end with the stick, mm. but it did. It I'll ended stick up with it up. the stick. Always,
0: yeah. The main team is stuck in an elevator in a mine shaft. The cord's been cut. They're falling to their death. Bad Jack Keller thinks fast, tossing members out the side into the mine corridors as they fall. Though as he does, they're attacked by these crazy shadowy beak monsters. Meanwhile, Jack and Emerald Eyes just sort of hold tight and eventually uh, smash into the bottom of the uh, of the mine shaft, sort of trusting in their immortality. <sighs> yeah crazy shit yeah the the shadowy beast assumes that they're dead luckily
1: they're wrong and jack and emerald eyes burst out of the rubble and are good to go Uh, i guess we'll fight these things and then suddenly show up where our friends were where we bailed them out what now they got to find the power rod and figure out the code
0: word to activate it sure they go th- they go through the tunnels and find a terror and find a bunch of terrible coal-eating claw monsters preparing to cook their friends alive oh no
1: yeah oh no indeed
0: the monsters attack and emerald eyes fights back blasting them with their eye beams setting the coal in their bellies on fire bad times for them and emerald eyes uh sorry they hear uh henry yowling and run to find him being tormented with hot coals by blue goddamn blue i hate those guys but jack finds a valve in this ancient mine and turns it filling the place with water then we cut to judge Dredd briefly uh back from the start of the death fist fight the water from the valve was put out the coal, but but created a great whirlpool. That the team is caught in, including apparently the evil master that Blue Baloo is served. We sort of see his throne, but not the the master himself. I don't know. We never right. do, we never actually see him for real. The team gets to safety when the master reforms There's a giant Morphin
1: monster. Oh no!
0: <laughs> giant Morphin evil
1: monster. Uh, anyway. It's just a giant weird blob head thing. Yeah, it's kind of a legged Boglin, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, it is a Boglin.
0: Yeah. Listen, count on Conduit for these 80s references. The team escapes into a tunnel, finally finding the door to the chamber of the power rod. Jack Manchester meant to open it with his last name, Keller, then get the rod. But they need a code word to make it work as this giant master monster attacks them. Uh, Henry tells Jack to think instead of fight, to remember the code word that will activate the power rod. He racks his brain and suddenly recalls his earliest days working for Richmond Vaughn in Death Ball, though totally forgetting the other team members on the team, including that cool robot dude. Um, Originally, the team was called Richmond Vaughn's first team, but after they won a couple of matches, they needed a real name, and one just happened to pop into Jack's head.
1: Oh man, it- maybe we should be the main team. He comes in again he
0: draws the power rod because the word is me team
1: oh look that gave power to the stick it's stick it power like a weird thing
0: yeah he slams the power rod into blue blue disintegrating them into a pile of gross worms and then blows up the overlord of evil as well soon the her- whole war earth is purged of evil and with it the bar against technology on the earth exiting the mine jack and emmy uh see they're no longer immortal and the boys can use their guns so technology's working suit uh well as well and soon the interstellar cops have arrived to take them in <gasps> you'll remember of course that the team's act uh uh te- technically still fugitives after the events of the first part of uh the uh, chapter one of mean team Anyway, they've been tried in absentia and have been found guilty, and so the cops blast them to bits! The end of Mean Team!
1: Uh, is it? I mean, I guess you said Mean Team 2. I was slightly well, surprised I mean, by that, but I guess they're coming back. And th- that made is me mean less Team happy. This Mean Team 2,
0: and they have just been blown up. But I will tell you that Mean Team will return in August of 1989. Mm. Or at least parts of it will. Nah. Uh. Uh, um, this is, Yeah, this is Alan Hebden's uh, last series in 2000 AD, second to last thing he wrote for the Prague, which will come later in the year. Massimo Belladinelli will continue, of course, on future shock duty, and we'll have another series in fall of 1988. Yeah, man, I remember us being really into Mean Tea when it ended, and it was just sort of these guys playing future sports, fighting their way out and stuff like that. And Dare- man, this was just... Went on went in this fantasy direction and just like became no fun, especially when 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 Bad Jack became
1: immortal for sure. I think think that was the big turning for me. For me it was more of that everybody died and we started and then Blackjack got immortal and then all of the just the everything happened. Why did we have a magic stick? What is the point of that? What told us that we were leading to a magic stick? I feel like we've seen the, like, like, like backgrounds of that magic stick a
0: couple times sort of as um, Emerald Eyes was, like, sort of telling us, like, the background and stuff like that. I think there is definitely some precedent for it. (sighs) I completely remember it. It is also, but, like, it is kind of weird that it is just kind of a plain old stick, you know? I mean, that's not super inspiring, I guess.
1: Yeah. Sort of my point. I mean, I... (laughs) I'm no, not Not to great, man. Dick. This mean team. Like, whatever.
0: We like the first one, but this second one has not been great. I think we can all agree with that. Yes. And, but speaking of things that are usually great, Fox. Ooh.
1: Thrill 6. Strontium Dog. Ah, uh, oh, finally. Script
0: Robot. Yeah. Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art Robot, Colin McNeil. Letting Robot, Mark King. So... It's uh, Colin McNeil's first time drawing Strontium Dog, and
1: I do feel such like this, a ridiculous it, Strontium Dog, though.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this st- his style here is pretty similar to Ascara's, or at least he's not trying to rock the boat with it. Like you can definitely feel a through line from this work to Ascara's work on it. You know, that won't always be the case. Anyway, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, it. I mean, you can kind of feel it from it being less bubbly and a lot more. I don't know. Like the faces are just so. Everything's so yeah. different. I'd like I feel like the faces are tiny. But it's Yeah, not, the faces are a little different for sure. It's not bad necessarily, let's nah. say. Yeah.
0: Ron Monroe's World in the Carolina system. Johnny Alpha delivers his latest bounty to, to the local cop shop to find it in complete disrepair. Water pouring everywhere. Even the phones aren't working. And the bucket handles are broken as they try to bail out. <laughs> ankle deep in water Johnny gets his bounty and a new job offer transport a prisoner named Bob's over to the spaceport for a thousand credits John meets this guy sorry Bob's and he seems to be a pleasant enough fellow so Johnny doesn't even cuff him nah man just come with me yeah they get in Johnny's rent-a-car as the cops look on nervously and as he as Bob's leaves the place it seems their phones have started working again as they try to head out, though, Johnny's car sputters out and dies, and Bob apologizes when suddenly a crack opens in the road and they fall into the sewers. Oh, snap. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Bob keeps apologizing as they hear a rumble. It's a flash flood. Turns Bob's out apologizes. he's a little
1: bit of a bad fucking penny.
0: Yeah, Bob apologizes again, and Johnny wants to know what the hell is going on here. <laughs> Both men are washed away in the flood, finally coming to rest deep in the sewer system. Bob's is tangled up in a ladder and explains the situation as Johnny frees him. Basically, he's a jinx. Bad luck follows him around constantly like the brick that just fell from the ceiling onto Johnny. Ow. <laughs> Alpha's skeptical until they come up from the manhole in the middle of a pile up on the street above. He, Johnny tries to hail a taxi. Cars got another series of car accidents. Oof. So they just decide to walk. And just to add insult, in, uh, insult to injury, a dog comes out of nowhere and bites Johnny on the leg. Because, you know,
1: we weren't, <laughs> and, we weren't being explicit enough on this one.
0: Yeah. Bob's is like, geez, sir, I'm sorry. Um, maybe you, you just let me go before something serious happens. Oh,
1: yeah. Let me go. He's seen this a few times. Yeah. They're nearing the spaceport, and Johnny dodges a falling spaceport
0: sign. People nearby fall off ladders and are sprayed by fire hydrants. Johnny also just manages to dodge a guy in a wheelchair flying out into traffic, and a and the pair leg it for a bus to the spaceport. Johnny pulling bobs aboard like the back gate of it, but then that back gate just falls off the side of the bus. <laughs> They're nearly yeah. there to the stra to the uh, bus station to the sorry to the uh, spaceport when a construction droid goes haywire and starts firing rivets at them, forcing Johnny to blow it up with a number four cartridge. They then finally reach the spaceport, Fox, and the city is alive with action. There's this great um, aerial scene here, as we just see like multiple car accidents, f- trees falling through plate glass windows, people walking into posts, even like the sign of the uh, of the spaceport just kind of shorts out. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, and hey, you know we're not really quite at the starship yet.
0: Yeah, don't count your chickens just yet next time
1: a sorry conclusion Oof! oh poor johnny
0: yeah i think this is just a a a fun little uh strontium dog
1: story i loved it like a a day in a life you know
0: it's so
1: cute like i i like this guy because he kind of is aware he doesn't okay so so many perps with johnny are just devious pricks yeah. But with this one, it's just kind of like, oh, he's just kind of aware and like, yeah, I know. But like also you're going to have to deal with this. I'm sorry. This yeah, is kind of cute. apologizing
0: all the time and stuff. It, it's pretty funny for sure. And I just like like uh, McNeil does a great job of uh, of just drawing all like this stuff happening in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's really like. I love that, of, like, that just...
1: kind of aerial like here's all the things fucked up kind of. Kind Definitely,
0: l- yeah. It's got just a very like a uh, Where's Waldo kind of feel to it. Just mm. little things happening in the background constantly. And speaking of uh, dangerous bus trips, Fox.
1: Oh no! Thrill <laughs> seven freaks. Yeah, freaks happened in this yeah, episode. Skip- Stifter
0: about Peter Milligan, Arter about John Higgins, letting her about Jack Potter. New
1: thrill. It's
0: freaks. Yeah, and I believe some of uh, Johnny yeah, or s- some of John Higgins' biggest um, or or like first like series work like outside of Judge Dredd. So it's cool to see him start start doing some stuff too here. So Fox, some place, some explorers burst through a wall, finding a hey, huge sure. base full of advanced technology. Uh, Super important. Portal. Yeah, importantly, all of the speech bubbles have these brackets around them, which is usually um, comics code for like we are translating this f- from a different language. Ah. The crew here is a scientist and a general, and the scientist explains they found a gateway that leads to another world which they can explore. <gasps> another world. Not, uh, meanwhile. At a country shack, a lady gets grabbed, as does a real one in a suburban living room. A lady and two dudes are watching the 1932 movie Freaks of Goobble Gobble fame. Oh! The dudes exchange a dry look as the lady feels bad for these sideshow performers in the movie.
1: Sure. I mean, all of us do. I'm glad she's forward thinking, I guess.
0: It definitely, all oh, these guys are all jerks. One of these, one of these jerks is Carl Wolf, an eighteen-year-old gadabout town, working in a suit shop and covered in aftershave. Uh, Nina, the lady from the night before, asks Carl to go out with her cousin Jane, but when they arrive to pick her up, oh man, Jane's a real uggo, Oh no. Yeah. They're going to some fancy club where all of Carl's friends will be at. And he's got no choice to preserve his reputation as a toxic male asshole. So he immediately starts lying and says that he doesn't know her. <sighs> then we cut to Judge Dredd. Anyway, back. Things get bad when Carl says his date isn't with him because he gets kicked out of the club. Because it's like a,
1: yeah. a private
0: club. I guess so you got to be a member with a member. Um, Carl thinks he can just laugh it off when she comes back with her big brother as Carl and his buddy head out for the night
1: yeah bad
0: choice with no other options Carl runs for it jumping onto the back of the bu- of a bus just as it picks up speed good old London transport <laughs> in the back Carl stretches out and dozes off not seeing the bus as it flies up into yeah. the sky he wakes up and stares right into the faces of a pair of three-eyed, bug-eyed
1: aliens. Oh uh, snap, where am I? And they call him gross right back at him. Oh, no. I mean, that's pretty apt. He's a pretty gross dude. Yeah. Next time, howl and wolf.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I do think it's interesting just how they really... It seems like they're really trying to make you not like this Carl guy as much as possible. I mean, it
1: seems pretty
0: yeah, that. So, I think it's interesting to see how his character will develop and stuff like that. You know, interesting things to keep in mind just as we uh go into this freak story. This one's going to like, I mean, Thark says this sort of at the start, but this one's going to be kind of a short one. Okay. You know? Just kind of filling, like, kind of just adding some extra stories just as we um, get into the later part of the year and more crazy things start happening. All right. And speaking of crazy things happening quickly, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> what, the one? Thrill 8.
1: <laughs> Thrill 8, Future shocks. Uh, occupational hazard. Oh, my God. Yeah, scripter about our corona,
0: letter about Simon Harrison. Don't or, sneeze, or, man. Art about Simon Harrison. Longer about Tom Frame. Quick stuff here. At one page about the scourge of spacesuited people. The helm horror caused by sneezing in your spacesuit. And apparently, this is actually is a big problem in spacesuits. You can see like videos of people saying, really? yeah, man." Like I, I did a spacewalk and I sneezed in my suit, and it was real bullshit. I, like you got to turn your head away from the uh, from the glass of your oh, of your helmet. That actually, you're, you're in that trouble.
1: Super makes sense.
0: Yeah. Next up, the Jigsaw Man. Uh, script and art about Mike Collins, letter by Jack Potter. <laughs> a cyborg criminal has escaped the reopened Alcatraz prison in a world where different body parts different parts of your body are harvested and replaced by cyborg oh, yeah. parts for various criminal infractions. But there's one part this guy never wanted to lose, and he's here to get it back. But he's got his directions wrong and swam from Alcatraz to Oakland. And that's a bummer, Fox, because he left his heart in, in San, San
1: Francisco. Francisco. Meh. Like,
0: somewhere <laughs> Bad in 2008. Based on an action comic thing, there's um, in the 2008 forums, I ended up like writing a long post about why Alcatraz would never be reopened as a prison. So check that out. But I mean, if you've ever been Fox. there,
1: newsflash.
0: I mean, it's just that like it's in like pretty big disrepair and like, you know,
1: that's exactly what I cost mean. You to go restore into it.
0: it would be would be dwarfed by anything else whatever else you know Well
1: fuck I mean even just like the the codes that you have to adhere by in California I mean the whole thing would have to extend itself by f- like four or five x the island size that it is now their their yeah. their walk around space used to be less than a basketball court <laughs> Yeah,
0: and I mean, plus, like, just a lot of it's, like, falling to disrepair. You'd have to restore it. And I, and I imagine for the price of restoring it, you just build a new prison, like, you know,
1: in the middle it, of nowhere or it something. Could, it maybe could be just a highfalutin prison just so you could, if maybe. You could pay a little extra. It's a better real estate, you know.
0: Yeah, possible. I mean, just de- de- definitely something where like, you know, you probably don't want a prison just like a, a couple miles off of your biggest tourist destination in San Francisco. Well, you know, <sighs> I think, all think all it would stuff. be
1: a I think it would be a real horror for like some impeached presidents.
0: Mm. Anyway, Fox, I got one question for you and one oh, question only. Cuz we you finished just have
1: so we- many questions.
0: Yeah, that's right. Cuz we finished the thrills for for uh this month or for this episode covered in September and October 1987.
1: So I must know, what were your top and bottom thrills? Jesus, man. You know what? You know, I like being a bottom boy first. Now I'm about to tell you, as a bottom boy, main team's my bottom. I really just... Hey. I, like, listen. All right, listen. Yeah, I know that we had a little bit of a discussion. I mean, when you're leaving a giant blood sport arena, I'm like, go for it, man. Go find Mac Mac. Go on some adventures. Your adventure yep. shouldn't be go find a stick after finding out you're immortal. Mm. You know? Yeah. Just the whole thing has been confusing. You've got a cybernetic panther with a human's brain and is also psychic. Like, there is no yeah. way this story could fail in normal conditions.
0: No, it had, a, it, it had the chance to be Meltdown Man and Black Hawk yes. at the same time. Yes. But yes. Yes. It failed. Yes.
1: You know? Yeah. It's a bummer. And so, you know, profoundly at my bottom top, man, this one's rough. So uh because it's it's a cutie too. So mm. Judge Shredd, right now, emphatically adorable. I really enjoyed it. Had a good time with the Mammy, but also, you know, there was some kung fu and the way it ended was pretty good. But you know what? Just for 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 pure through line man you know what I gotta give it to what do you got for me buddy I gotta give it to strontium dog and I know hey. that it's super cliche it's a clicheist of cliche but <laughs> it's just cute it's just a cute story he's an unlucky guy he's not a huge dick I mean Johnny's not even doing it for a ton of money he, it's just I think you're right in saying it's a day in a life or a day in the life Mm-hmm. But it's also just kind of like Johnny Alpha's not a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true, for sure. Like, it feels good. So, I mean, that—that I that think kind of does it for me. It was a—it was a pretty late month. But you know what, Conrad, I'm—I'm plumb tired of talking about me. And you know what? I think I'd like to hear someone else's opinion. Uh, oh, man. Who's, your whose opinion, opinion is that, Fox? specifically, and tell me what were your top and bottom thrills, or I will kill this uh, Xbox controller.
0: I don't respond well to threats, buddy, but I will tell you my top and bottom thrills. Um, for bottom, I'm going to go with you, man, and say uh, that
1: mean team. <laughs> don't like that mean team, buddy. Wow. So much difficulty in choosing that one, huh? Like I, I well no, like I'll say,
0: Universal Soldier is is real close, but um, I yeah. love Will Simpson's art for like the flashbacks and stuff like that. It's not that like Belldere of course, is a workman. I did like some of his like the, uh, the like the uh, the coal monsters and stuff like that. That was okay, but this is not his best stuff, and no. um. Ooh, I just don't like that story and how it wrapped up. Well, no, I like that they all got blown up, but just the rest of it, I'm I'd not. Like a to fan take out, blowed up, blowed up real good. Um, for my top, hmm, like Xanth was like. I feel like we're still kind of setting up with Xanth. This was very much like you mm. know, still kind of in these early days. I like sort of establishing um Saint John as this jerk. Uh, and uh, and uh, Reese says this um, drunk guy and stuff like that. I think we're about to get some real fun stuff with Zenith coming going forward, but we're still sort of in the early stages yet. So, that, so that's not really a good choice. Um, and unlike you, Fox, I've got loyalty and refuse to give a top wow. to a Iskra Strontium dog. I never will. Wow! And so for me, the top can only be Judge Dread. always oh, a fun
1: oh. fun set of episodes this ah. time. Such derision, such divisiveness. Could this be the breakup of two thousand AD space spinner? The no answers, way, buddy. I feel like we've, no. we've overcome like way, no. way way more than this. Oh, yeah. I mean I, I we've, had, we've, had, <laughs> we've had we've had rough times, but we've also had beautiful times. And you know what's beautiful, Conrad? Do you know what I think is absolutely beautiful? What's the that, amount buddy? of places where people can find our podcast? Can you believe how many places?
0: You son of a bitch. Now the podcast's over. Now, okay. Yeah, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner 2000com You can also contact us, buddy, at spacespinner 2000 at gmail.com on 2080 forums, or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. we at Space Spinner2K for everything else I like was Space Spinner2000. We should be there. <gasps> Then, check us out on Friday, when I'm joined by chum of the show, Dave Healy, what? we talk about the 1988-2080 annual. What? It's got some real cool stories featuring a Kev O'Neill-drawn Torquemada story, Brett McCarthy doing Judge Dread, and finally, some mascara doing Strontium Dog. Beautiful. Then- Box, you and me come back next time on Monday as we learn more about the freaks. Xanath prepares for a showdown. Johnny Alpha and Minface McNulty get involved in a rammy. What? And we start two big storylines. First, Chopper is out of prison and heading south as we start the new dread mega epic Oz.
1: I'm down, Oceana. We're coming for you.
0: Yeah. Then, Nemesis the Warlock returns with a new look and a new enemy as we meet the two Torquemadas.
1: Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like that a I'm lot. Re- yeah,
0: I'm really excited, man. We are entering Overdrive in 1987. <sighs> and until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000.